You're listening to a podcast of the Sunday morning message from Grace Christian Church in the city of Cork on the beautiful south coast of Ireland. We hope and pray that it will be a blessing to you. Thank you, guys. And again, good morning, and God bless you on this, the 21st day of April in the year of our Lord, 2019. This is Resurrection Day. Did you know that in some languages, including Russian, there is no separate word for Easter. The word for resurrection is Easter. So what happened 2,000 years ago is, as Michael said, the most momentous event in history. For the first time ever, death was defeated. What does that mean to you and to me? It means that when the day or the night comes, and it will for all of us, and we face death, the fear need not be there. I've sat with people who believe in Jesus Christ as they have died, and their death is so different to the screams of those who don't know Jesus. So on this Easter Sunday, this isn't some empty cliché that I'm talking about. This is something that we will bring right through the death process for all of us because we know the other side is life. Not just life, eternal life. Hallelujah. So this is Easter Sunday and of course Easter is all about from death to life. And most of you will know that. For many people, Easter is all about chocolate. Let's have confession. It's good for the soul. Has anyone eaten chocolate already this morning? Ha! Rajuski! <laughs> okay, so chocolate for breakfast. Mm. Really healthy. Yay! For some people, nothing wrong with chocolate, but for some people, that's all Easter is about. It's just about chocolate. For other people, it's about roast lamb, Easter lamb for dinner. And then for some other people, it's about the garden. People who are into gardening, it's all about getting plants and working in the garden. And for others, it's about getting off the winter clothes and getting out the summer clothes. But we are Christians here. And even if you're not 100% sure of where you are on your spiritual journey, you're so welcome here. And I'm going to ask you and encourage you to just go on a journey with us briefly about what does it mean to go from death to life. You see, the doctrine of Jesus rising from the dead and Easter can be like way out there. But is it going to help you on Tuesday morning when you go into work or when you Next week, go back to college or school, or when you're doing uh, work in your family, or you're facing the doctor, or you're facing some problem that you've carried with you. How does this theology impact your everyday life? That's what I want to talk about today. And I'm going to read from Acts 14, and the context of this is that Paul, the guy who wrote most of the New Testament, great apostle, he was traveling through what we now call Turkey and Greece. And he and Barnabas, his best friend, were preaching the gospel and bringing people to the Lord. And just as what's happening here today, people were being baptized all over the Aegean, as it was known. And they go to a city called Lystra. 
And because everywhere Jesus shows up, people are healed. Amen. Every time Jesus moves in a town, there are miracles. No miracles, no Jesus. Miracles, usually you'll see Jesus. And so Jesus is moving through Paul and Barnabas, and they lay hands on the sick, and they're healed. And so we move into this scenario in this city of Lystra, and may God bless the Bible to our souls in Jesus' name. Amen. So here is what the scripture says. In the city of Lystra, the crowd were so impressed by the miracles of Paul and Barnabas, they wanted to worship them as gods. No way, Paul shouted out. We're only men. But then later on, some religious Jews came to town and they won the same crowd over to believe that Paul was a criminal. So they dragged Paul outside the city and they threw rocks, stoning him until they thought he was dead. But then... After the crowd were gone, the believers gathered around Paul and helping him up, helping him up. And together they went back into the city. And then the next day, Paul and Barnabas moved on to the city of Derbe. Now, this is about a real human being who in many ways was left for dead, but came to life. And I want you just to come with me for the next quarter of an hour, just in your mind's eye, and you put yourself in Paul's situation, not that it's very unlikely you're going to get stoned with rocks physically here in Cork, but there are different types of rocks in all of our lives that can damage us. So I want us to put ourselves in the position of Paul. First thing we see here, very simply, is the crowd. Within a very short period of time, this crowd wanted to worship Paul as a god, but then they wanted to murder him. From worship to murder. I've known situations, I've known relationships like that. I've known guys who've practically worshipped a girl worshipped everything about her. And you meet them a year or two later and they hate her so much they feel like killing her. And if they can't kill her physically, they'll destroy her reputation. There's something about the whim of the crowd. I could go through legal history in Ireland, but I'm not going to do it. But out there, the crowd will shift depending on the fashion. And people are so fickle, aren't they? People just change like that. And the person that really liked you, and you could be dumbfounded and bewildered, can turn and begin to resent you. And the crowd there, and the crowd in Cork, people are the same, can just shift because they don't have, if they're not followers of Jesus Christ, most don't have a moral compass. They're building their house on sand. And they're not building their house on the rock. So they'll shift with the fashion. And what one year was seen as illegal, 
in another year is seen as something, not only it is, is it not illegal, but it's to be celebrated. And then it goes back again. And you've got all of these cycles. If you and if I put our trust on the crowd, I promise you, I promise you, without fear of contradiction, the crowd will let you down. And they let me down. And they'll hurt us. And if we are building our lives upon public opinion, public opinion will come back and bite us. Because public opinion keeps on changing. And if you and I are building our lives on that, it is like when Jesus said, people build their house on the sand. It stands for a while. Oh, it's cool, baby. You're living by the beach. But when the storm comes, and oh, don't they come. That house is down. It's destroyed. But if we build our house, our life, our future on the solid rock, and who is the solid rock? Jesus, he's the solid rock. If we build our house on the solid rock, then when the storm comes, yeah, it mightn't be very pleasant, but at the end of the storm, we're still standing. Hallelujah. And our house is still standing. So Paul could see in such a short period of time how the crowd... And the crowd, they might be very good people as individuals, but there's something about the mob. It's like emotion takes over. Logic goes out the window. And one or two strong personalities can lead a whole crowd in a very destructive way. So Paul was being worshipped as a god, which he rightfully did not want. And then they wanted to murder him. They were so easily influenced. Who are you? depending on what's your moral compass. Because if you're going on Facebook to see what's everyone into, <laughs> you're going to get stung sooner or later, or will I? So the crowd turn against Paul, and you can read into it, it's all about Greek gods, and they thought the Greek gods, they believed in reincarnation, and they thought Paul was one of these gods come back. And then the religious Jews, why were they against Paul? They were jealous. They felt threatened because what Paul and Barnabas were doing, the Christian movement was overtaking the Jewish faith. And they were so jealous, so they were going around to try and destroy them. Sometimes in work, someone is so threatened by you, so threatened, that they'll start a campaign against you. Gossip, slander happens in schools and colleges, happens in families, happens in relationships, sometimes even with neighbours. So I want you to put yourself in Paul's shoes. And I would suggest that most of us at some stage in our lives have experienced something along the lines figuratively of what I'm saying. So we're told that they dragged Paul out of the city and they threw rocks stoning him. Now, they were physical rocks. Just think, these were huge stones. It's a stony place, Lystra. It's all rock and stone. And he's there standing, and they're throwing projectile stones at him, and it's hitting him in the head and in the eye, and knocking out a tooth, and in the liver, and in his shoulder, and the back of his knee, and all of this. And such is their hate. Now, think of those rocks in your life. You're at work, and for some reason, someone has taken a dislike to you. In my opinion, sometimes, as a Christian, there's something demonic happens when your light shines, and the enemy is so threatened. 
I don't know if you've, anyone here ever experienced anything like that? Yeah, we've got hands going up. The rocks can be words in your life. Or the rocks can be resentment, looks, body language. Or the rocks can be closed doors. Or naked racism or prejudice. The rocks can be many different things, but every rock hurts. And you might say, I'm a tough guy. No, you're not. None of us are that tough. Amen? No matter how tough you are, it hurts. Someone speaks against you, that's not nice. You might develop a thick skin and you're able to cope with it, but it hurts. So Paul is being murdered. He's being attacked and the crowd are doing it. And we're told so much so that the crowd kept throwing stones until they thought he was dead. Until they thought he was dead. I wonder how many of us have been left for dead. A relationship breaks down. A romantic relationship between husband and wife, maybe in the family or a friend. And such was the breakup. You felt like you were dead. I sat with many people and again and again I heard the same thing. How am I to go on? My life is destroyed. And the crow thought Paul was dead. And I bet you I could get many people here today who'd say, when my marriage broke up or when she or he so hurt me or when the teacher took such an terrible dislike to me that I could no longer study or my co-worker or my supervisor or my boss or my neighbor it was like I was dead it's like my confidence was shattered and my hope for the future was gone and I was left for dead and at Easter time on the day of the resurrection, on the third day after Jesus was put into the dark grave and we looked at that on Good Friday night here and we walked out in silence and in darkness because that's where Jesus was put. But we are here now on Easter Sunday and it's a time for celebration. And just as Paul was left for dead, bleeding, dying outside the city, we're told. But when the believers gathered around Paul and helped him up, he rose up and he went into the city. There's two things happening here. I can't tell you that there was a miracle happened here. I can't make a doctrine out of this because the Bible is silent on it. But it is my opinion, and I would submit to you, that as all those rocks were being hurled like projectile, by, projectiles by a crowd... So we're not talking about three people here. We're talking about a huge crowd. And all those rocks were coming at him. How is it that Paul didn't die? Because I believe God protected him. It's not that the rocks didn't hurt. But how interesting, if a rock, remember Goliath, and David came with just a small pebble and threw it in the sling, and that tiny little pebble hit the big hairy giant just here in his temple. How is it that no rock hit Paul in his temple. Perhaps there were unseen angels diverting the rocks. Perhaps it was God himself. But what we do know is that Paul, though he was injured, he was not injured unto death. 
And can I say to you, if someone has ravaged your good name, or someone has something against you in the past, or maybe it's a live issue, God will protect you. He will keep you. You will not die. I'm around a long time. And when someone's heart is after the Lord, and when someone in an evil, sometimes demonic way, sometimes jealous way, jealousy is an awful demonic thing. When someone is jealous of your capabilities and it rises up, gosh, there's a power in that jealousy that can do all kinds of evil things. But Paul was there and all the rocks were coming at him. And while he was hurt, he didn't die. We don't die. Hallelujah. In some ways, we're left for dead. So your former partner or your boss or that person in your family or that neighbor or whatever is that teacher walks away thinking you're dead and you're left there and they're happy because they've inflicted damage on you and you feel like you're dead and you wonder how can I ever go on in this life? How am I ever going to get over that? And sometimes it's not even a person. It's like an addiction that destroys us. How can I move on? Well, God protected Paul. And then as well as that, here's the other key ingredient. There were believers, Christians nearby. And they gathered around and they helped Paul up. And because of these two things, Paul rose up and went into the city. If you or I, in the future or in the past, ever go through this, we need God's protection, but we need brothers and sisters to come around us as well. Not to run our lives for us, but to help us back up again. Now, I need to put in a health warning. Some of, sometimes we bring trouble on ourselves and people attack us. And you know what? It's not the devil. It's me or it's you. We actually do stuff ourselves and we cause it ourselves. I'm not talking about that. So if you're really lazy and you just don't work at work and the boss sacks you, that's not the devil, that's you. Would anyone say amen? amen? Or if you're in school and you keep giving cheek to the teacher and you just never study and then the teacher gets you expelled, that's not the devil, that's you who'll say amen. amen. Or if you're cruel to your wife and she says it's over, because you've been hitting her and abusing her. Come on. That's you. It's not the devil. Amen. So I'm not talking about that stuff. But I am talking about the times when there is no reason for that attack on your life. And you're left for dead. You need God. And you need brothers and sisters. And Paul went, as it were, from like a dead situation unto life because of these two things what i love is that we're told the very next day paul moved on and i'm saying if that was today he'd be in intensive care up in the cuh for a month on every kind of monitor it just shows how god really protected him that physically Remember, he didn't just get the train to the next city of Derby, or he didn't catch a Ryanair flight. They kind of did that like, you know. So he was able to walk. Now, I can imagine if you met Paul on the road, he probably had a black eye, and he probably had a couple of teeth gone, and he probably was limping, and he probably had some blood coming out of his nose or ear every now and again. And you and I are walking wounded, aren't we? Got to own it. 
because stuff happens in life and it wounds us and maybe it's way, way back or maybe it was only last night. But we're like walking wounded. But we're moving on. Hallelujah. We're moving on because God rescued us from death. And we're moving on because there's brothers and sisters who don't have an agenda, but who'll gather around us and help us up. What does gather around us? It's not, tell me what's going on. Do you have two bank accounts or three? That's not gathering around you. That's just some nosy parker. Gathering around you is being there for you. It's if you pick up the phone, they're there. It's if you need someone to sit with you, they'll sit with you. If you need prayer, they'll pray. That's what it means to gather around. And because of all that, Paul moved on. He didn't get stuck in the grave. This is really important. How many of us, if we are attacked by someone, just like Paul was lying outside the city and left for dead, how many of us will just stay in that hole? Paul didn't stay in the hole. He got up. And I want to declare to someone here today, if you're in a rut, and your self-confidence is on the floor because of whatever's happened to you. That's like a grave. And on Easter Sunday, can I submit to you and plead with you? Reach out to Jesus Christ and get up from the grave. Amen. And move on because God has a future for you. Hallelujah. Years later, or a good time later, Paul wrote to his very good friend, Timothy, referring back to this time. And he said, Timothy, you know the troubles I had, yet the Lord delivered me from them all. Hallelujah. From one or two. From kind of a lot of them, like. All. And you might say, yeah, but you don't know what I'm struggling with. Maybe I don't. But I know the God who knows what you're struggling with. And he delivered him from them all. If you ever have the time, you can read the list. It's shocking. He was lashed, 39 lashes a couple of times. He was cheated on. He was lied to. He was attacked. He attacked. He was left for dead more than once. He was, his stuff was stolen. But he said, I had troubles, oh yeah. You see, sometimes people think that Christianity is you put on a fake smile and say, I have no problems. Of course we have problems. We're human. But the Lord delivers us from them all. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let me just give you one or two final scriptures. And this is our practical thing for the day. The principle of experiencing some type of death and going from that into life is all through the Bible from the beginning to the end. So when we celebrate today Jesus rising from the dead, we can see all of this in all different ways through the Bible, such as what I just shared. Here's another way of death to life. And these are the words of Jesus in the Gospel of John. Let's make this clear, Jesus said, a single seed will never be more than a single seed unless it drops into the ground and dies. Because then it sprouts and produces a great harvest. And all because just one seed died. Even in nature, we have the fingerprint of creation and we have the divine fingerprint. I love gardening, and I love putting my hands in earth. 
And when I plant a seed, I always think of this scripture. The seed dies, but only for a while. Because then it germinates in the damp soil and it produces fruit. And what began as a tiny seed ends up as a multiplication of fruit in one way or another. So brothers and sisters, the message of Easter, of death to life, whatever your past experience, is like that. So in a few moments, we're going to invite you to come to the top if you want. In each of these, we have mustard seeds. And Jesus said, let me, let me show you a mustard seed. You, you can't even see it. It is so, so tiny. Honestly, it's, it's the tiniest thing. And Jesus said, the smallest seed is a mustard seed. But if your faith is even as tiny as this, you can't even see it, but it's there. And if you have faith like a mustard seed, just as a mustard seed is planted in the ground and it sprouts up and it produces the huge mustard tree, so in the same way, if we have a little bit of faith and if we're willing to die as it were unto the Lord. He'll raise us up. Hallelujah. There's something happens, and Paul had this, when we go low, we can't look around too much. We have to look up. I heard it on the radio this morning in a, a Christian reflection. The end is the beginning. Your end is your beginning. And when you and I come to an end of something in ourselves that's not healthy, it's the beginning of something far better. So brothers, sisters, visitors, you are all welcome to take a mustard seed and plant it in one of our troughs here with soil in it. And do it as an act of faith on this Easter Sunday morning in 2019. And as you plant the seed... You can either remember a time when you were left for dead, but you're here this morning and you're alive, and you can do it in remembrance and thank God for it. Or maybe you are currently feeling like you've been left for dead. By faith, plant this little seed and believe that God will bring you to life from where you are. Do you know what we're going to do? We're going to water them. Hopefully we'll get someone to help us. We're going to put them out in our courtyard and by God's grace, they'll take root. We're going to bring them back in. And we're going to see mustard growing in our pots. And you can take some home and have mustard on your ham for your tea, <laughs> if you want. But we want to do that today. So if you want to, you're welcome to come and to do it. It only takes a few seconds and move on. As you know, we've got 25 uh, people from their late teens upwards from uh, I think it's 16 to 60, getting baptized today. And I love this final verse. Getting baptized shows that we have been saved from death to life. So we are going to end our Easter Sunday here in the church around half past one up to about two o'clock by putting 25 people under the water. It's a sign that they're being buried and then they come back up out of the water like a resurrected new person. That's what baptism is. So we do it on this great day to celebrate what God has done for us and to us. So brothers and sisters, from death to life, that's what we're about today. How many of us here 
have survived that death-like experience and we've looked to the Lord and he's given us a new life. How many of us, yeah, put up your hand. Is that you? Praise God. And then there are others here and it feels like you're in a death situation or maybe you're struggling with an addiction. Or maybe he or she has done something that's broken your heart. Or you can't get out of a vicious cycle of rejection at work or at college. Maybe you're failing everything, all your exams. Have a bit of faith today. Look up. Plant the seed as an outward symbol of your inward prayer. So can I call the band up? We're going to sing that beautiful song. Oh, come to the altar. It's all about going from death to life and about the new day that God gives us. Will you stand with me? We're going to sing it. I'm going to say a prayer. And then we're going to invite you, if you want, to come and plant a seed. Remember, we have a one-way system. You come up the two center aisles. You go down the two side aisles back to your seat. Michael and I will greet you as you come up. But before we do it, let's sing Let's pray, and then we'll do this. Hallelujah. leader.
gathered around us, we rose again. And on Easter Sunday, Lord, with hands lifted up on holy ground in the house of God, we thank you from earth's humble shores. And if it wasn't for you, Jesus, we wouldn't even be alive today. So thank you, Jesus. And Lord, as we come and plant a seed by faith, this tiny mustard seed, maybe our faith is as tiny as that. See what we're doing today, Lord. And just as this mustard seed will take root, I pray something of God will take root in all our hearts. And that we will not just continue in the same way, but that we would grow stronger and bigger and produce even more
you so much for coming. May something of the risen Jesus be in your atmosphere, in your home, in your workplace, and in your schools. And may we see great fruit from what God has begun in our lives. Thank you for coming. Coffee and tea are being served upstairs. There may even be someone sharing a chocolate egg. Who knows? We trust in faith. Thank you for coming. Maybe we'll see you for the baptisms or on Tuesday or next Sunday. God bless your week ahead. The guys are going to play us out.